They took the carriage to the king's after sunrise, arriving bright and early at the watch house. The watch buildings were always open, so they were able to speak with someone as soon as they got there, as the morning hours were a slow time for reported crime. Jenner mentioned Whitman Gaines and produced the note he had been given. The man they spoke with did not seem to recognize the name, and after asking around, a night officer mentioned that she recalled a man coming in by that name who asked if anyone had, been, had come calling. He left directions to where he could be reached at, which she gave to Jenner. That's next to Blackwell's big storehouse. Can't miss it, she said, handing the note over. Oh, that is not far from here, Christian said, recognizing the name of the place she mentioned. They thanked the watch for their help and then left. Christian rode up front with Jenner, instructing him where to go. The storehouse was indeed large, and looked run down. The smith was closed, so they walked around until they found a storage entrance. I would just like to go on record saying that I've had a horrible track record with large abandoned-looking buildings, Jenner said as he rapped on the door. A few minutes later, a stocky man in overalls and a stained shirt answered. He had his hair pulled back in a short ponytail. A full beard that was unkept covered most of his face. What do you want? he asked, sounding perturbed he had to answer the door. A uh, Mr. Whitman Gaines is expecting us, Jenner said. Wait here a minute, the man said, leaving the door cracked. They could smell metal and oil inside and there was a deafening sound that drowned out anything else going on, that sounded like steel grinding on steel. The man came back five minutes or so later. Follow me, he said, projecting his voice. They walked in behind the man. Inside, there were several men that looked to be working furnaces and shaping large metal beams. It was one large building inside, the sound echoing off all the walls. The lighting was poor. They walked in shadows, the bright light stationed by the steelworkers making it impossible to walk closer. They made their way across the room to where several pallets of wooden boxes were stacked in the back. The man led them around several piles, winding around rows and rows of boxes. It's a bit tricky back here, the man said as he rounded a corner. Gaines told me to just send you back, but you can get turned around in here if you don't know where you're... The man's voice was cut off as a large metal ball blew his head clean off and continued sailing right through into one of the pallets behind him. The force of the hit threw him off his feet and splattered Jenner and Mao in blood. Down! Jenner yelled, dropping to his feet. Everyone but Christian responded, and he blinked as another cannonball whizzed by his head, destroying a stand of pallets behind him. Erica grabbed him by the sleeve and yanked him down. Jenner scrambled across the floor, rolling toward another pile of crates, putting them between himself and their hidden assailant. Mao and the others moved to follow, but another shot skidded across the ground in front of them, making a loud scraping noise between Mao and Jenner. Erica slid back to the nearest crate, motioning Christian and Mao to follow. 
Christian took hold of Mal's wrist, pulling enough to let her know to follow. Meanwhile, Jenner tried to look around, but the shooter was hidden. The sound of the metal being hammered filled the air, so he could not tell if the shots had alerted the workers, or if they might even be coming to attack them. He looked back to see that the others were behind cover, so he started off around another corner, opting not to stick in one place. Christian took out his crossbow, and Erica drew her rapier. They were deciding their next move when a man came around the crates from behind them, carrying a long metal tube with a handle. He caught sight of them and moved to point it in their direction. Christian responded faster, firing three shots at the man, sending him to the ground as he grasped at the bolts protruding from his chest. The metal pole slipped from his hands when the wooden base hit the ground. A large boom and a puff of smoke filled the immediate area. Then a beam of light came in as the shot put a hole through the roof of the building. We should move, Mal said. They'll know where we're at. Christian nodded and led them around to a pile of crates, then down a row, with Erica taking up the rear. He thought they were heading toward the side of the building, but he had trouble getting his bearings. Ahead, they saw a break in the boxes. Then they continued on the other side. At the end of the row, Christian saw a man come around the corner, this one wearing heavy, thick gloves and goggles like one of the metal workers. He saw the three of them and started walking over. No, stop! Christian yelled, but he was drowned out by the sound of the smithing. He waved his hands in an attempt to get the man to stay back, but the man continued walking over. The worker made it a few steps out past the boxes before he lurched to the side, his body thrown off balance as a lead ball caught him in the neck. The shot continued on its way, crashing through more boxes. Then they heard a loud thrashing and a shriek of air escaping from some piece of machinery. The sound of the smithies working was replaced by shouts of fire, fire, and run. We have to get out of here, Erica said, looking around for anything that might lead them outside. Where do you suggest we start? Christian asked, trying to look out into the corridor. Let's just move. Anywhere is better than here. Mao reached into her pockets and pulled out several glass vials. Here, take some of these, she said, offering them to Christian and Erica, who each took two. Mal put one in her other hand and threw it forward into the open. When it shattered, a grayish-white smoke cloud formed, engulfing the area. I cannot see through that, Christian said. And neither can they. From what you say, it's dark in here already. Let me lead, Mal said, edging forward. She scurried ahead, scraping the ground with her cane, swinging it side to side as they moved. She moved fast. Fast enough Christian and Erica had to work to keep up with her. Throw one to the left and right. We need to keep this up, she said, moving them around another corner. How do you know where we are going? Christian asked, tossing the vials to either side, hearing the shattering of glass. They heard shots ring out nearby, but the smoke remained undisturbed. They were shooting blind. There's a draft. I'm following it, Mal said, 
continuing her movement. They came out of the billowing smoke to a hallway, very dark but for the cracks of light coming in at the end through what looked like a door. Christian spotted another man with one of the firing tubes by the door, but he was looking in another direction. Drop your weapon, Christian yelled, pointing his crossbow at the cannoneer. The man looked around startled, then raised his gun to point. Christian fired, putting two bolts into the man's arm and stomach. He let out a horrified moan as he slid to the floor. That is our way out, Christian said, leading them on. Erica looked back behind them, stopping. What about Jenner? she asked. It's, it is Jenner. He will be fine, Christian said, running toward the door, keeping his crossbow pointed at the man on the floor, who was clutching his midsection. Erica looked from the smoke behind her to the exit, then back to the smoke. Wait outside, I'm going to find Jenner, she said, turning and running back into the smoke. Wait, Christian said, turning to go after her. Mal held her hand out, catching part of Christian's shirt as he tried to run by. Christian, it is out. But you can get to the exit without me, Christian said. Can I end at Ach? Ma'abe, sa under the scans and the udins ask here, Mal said. Seem to be fine, you just at Dura. But I need to protect her, Christian said, looking into the smoke swirling in front of him. Rukka and Utica, Earth, Ufunundist, Utist. I'm in Unin As, Mal said as she walked toward the door. And I need u enema etis undeden enten eme, she said, standing just out of reach of the wounded man. Christian was torn, but he walked back to Mal, leveling his crossbow at the man, and explaining in no uncertain terms he would shoot him if he tried anything when they walked by. The man stared up with an indignant look on his face, but tried nothing else to thwart them. Christian glanced at the man's wounds as they passed. If you lay on your back and do not move, and if the watch has a competent measure, you will not die, he said. Then Christian turned the knob and opened the door. The two of them stepped into what looked like the sales area for the smithery that had looked closed from the outside. They made their way around the tables and displays, and Christian opened the door to outside. Mal asked as they walked out. No, but he does not know that. I just wanted him to stay there so he will not have to worry about him later, Christian explained. <laughs> Mal paused once she felt the sunlight. And it around? Mal asked. There is a crowd gathering, but no watch. That cannon shot put a hole right through the roof and there is a gray cloud of smoke spiraling off into the sky. The king says a few big chimneys that could do that, but none near here to confuse this with. Mal said, motioning for Christian to hurry. Erica ran back down the hallway, 
her rapier out in front of her, and her other hand touching the wall to keep her straight. She found herself back in the main warehouse area. The smoke still hung heavy in the air. She looked around, then started to scale a stack of nearby crates. As she neared the top, she saw there was a metal walkway suspended from the ceiling that hung about ten feet down. It looked like it was used for lowering unworked metal into vats further down where they had first come in. It was a couple feet above her. She tossed her rapier up onto the walkway, then jumped and pulled herself up, swinging her feet over the side. Then she picked up her weapon and held on to the railing. From up here, she had a much better view of the place. Most of the workers seemed to have fled. She saw the door they had come in through open and some workers running out. Others seemed to be scrambling about the building, shutting things down. Closer by, she saw three more of the men holding the metal tubes, searching around. Jenner was nowhere in sight. She made her way along the catwalk, making as little noise as possible. She felt a little fear creep in at the edges, but she just took her breath, closed her eyes for a moment, and calmed herself as Fatima had taught her. The catwalk swayed as she moved, but the chains holding it were well oiled. As she approached the opposite wall, she caught sight of a small building in the corner of the warehouse. She spotted Jenner crouched down along the outside wall. She waved, but realized it was pointless. She started moving when a shot rang out, followed by a shrieking clang. She lurched forward and felt something hot sear her feet, knees, and thighs. She swallowed a cry and managed to jump, landing on another length of steel walkway ahead of her. Glancing back, she saw a huge bend in the great flooring where she had just been standing, a metal ball embedded in it. Below, a man was stuffing another lead ball into his cannon. She turned and ran forward, moving along the metal grating, each step feeling like she was walking on hot coals. Another shot went off, but this time it was well behind her. The walkway still jerked and moved under her feet, but she was able to keep her balance. She reached into a pocket and shattered one of the vials she had taken from Mal on the floor as she moved. Smoke coalesced and formed in the air behind her, then slowly drifted down to the floor, obfuscating her escape. She cleared two more lengths before she felt the building was close enough and she leapt through the air to the roof. She touched down, dropping into a crouch and rolling to her side. She took a breath, set her rapier within arm's reach, and lifted the hem of her dress. She winced, but it was not as bad as she had imagined. There were several small burn marks up and down her legs, where sparks and stray pieces of metal burned her skin. There were holes in the bottom of her shoes, which she discarded on the roof. They would only hinder her in the shape that they were in. She let go of her skirt and rolled over onto her stomach, crawling along the roof to the corner where she last saw Jenner. As she peered over the edge, she saw Jenner looking up at her. Lord Erica, I saw you and I didn't believe it. What are you doing up here? Just then, a door leading into the small building opened, and Whitman Gaines appeared, holding a metal tube and aiming it towards the roof. 
Little pests think you can get the drop on me, do you? He said, turning his gaze towards the ledge. Erica rolled away from the edge, and Jenner lunged forward, blade out. Gain saw the movement and turned, but he was too slow. Jenner snapped his blade to the side, knocking the tube to the left against the wall. He followed up with a left hook and caught Gaines under the jaw. Gaines dropped the gun and grabbed at Jenner, turning it into a wrestling match. The gun landed flat, skidding across the floor. The two men collapsed to the ground, Gaines getting himself on top of Jenner, holding his sword arm by the wrist and trying to choke him with the other hand. Jenner had his free hand pressing to Gaines' face. Erica got back up and ran to the edge, seeing the two men on the floor. She looked around and saw another of the cannoneers coming through the maze of boxes towards them. She ran to the end of the roof and waited for the man to come around the corner. She jumped off, lifting her knees to her chest, then kicked her feet out when she was over top the man, smashing her heels into the man's face and using the momentum to tuck forward and roll, landing on the ground. She lost her rapier in the process as the man crumpled to the floor. She ran over to Gaines and Jenner, leapt onto Gaines's back, and wrapped her arms around his neck and pulled. Let go, brat, Gaines said, letting go of Jenner to shrug her off, pushing her backwards. Jenner leaned up off the floor to give Gaines a punch to the head, which Gaines took, then raised his own fist and slammed it into Jenner's face. Jenner's head snapped back and slammed into the stone floor, blacking out. Workers couldn't follow one rule, Gaines said as he got up, giving Jenner a kick to the ribs. Erica scooted back away as Gaines turned. She got up and ran and picked up the metal tube he had dropped, pointing it at him as she had seen the other men do. Now, child, you shouldn't play with that. It's not a toy, Gaines said, walking toward her. Stay back, she said, holding it in front of her, her arms around the pipe. She glanced down, but did not see a button or trigger or lever or anything. Just hand it over, girl. No need to get hurt, Gaines said in a calm tone, walking toward her, putting one hand out. Erica shook her head, backing away, keeping the device pointed at the man. Okay, I'm losing my patience, Gaines said, walking forward with a deliberate stride. Erica backpedaled, tripping over a piece of debris from one of the boxes. As she fell, the wooden end of the metal tube pressed into her stomach, pressing hard when she hit the ground. She heard a loud explosion and everything went silent, and her arms and chest went numb from a sudden jolt, her body sliding back across the ground until she hit the wall. She dropped the tube and groaned, clutching her stomach, feeling like she had just been punched. She put one hand on the ground to steady herself, and then looked towards Gaines. Gaines had crumpled to his knees, his hands grasping the edge of a gaping hole that was in the middle of his chest. Blood spilled out of it as he fell forward, hitting the ground with a thud. Behind him, she saw a hole in the stack of blood-splattered boxes. Jenner blinked his eyes, the loud boom rousing him from unconsciousness. He leaned forward, sitting up, and looked around. 
he saw the corpse of Gaines, and Erica looking white, faced against the back wall. He got to his feet and went over, scooping her up in his arms. She was still shaking. Erica, Erica, are you all right? Jenner said. She turned with a start, just noticing he was holding her. She looked at him, trembling a little. What? she said, shouting. Jenner winced this time, lowering her back to the ground. She set her feet down and stood as he let her go. Can you hear me? Jenner said. She nodded. Why are you whispering? she said, again in a loud voice. Jenner managed to laugh. He held a hand to his lips, letting her know to be quiet. He pointed to her rapier, and she went to pick it up. Jenner picked up his own weapon and replaced it on his hip. Erica pointed to where she wanted to go, but Jenner motioned for her to hold up a minute. He rifled through Gaines's body, then led her into the office. He checked the desk and cabinets, but it all appeared to be legitimate smithing records, sales records, and purchase orders. All right, time to go, he said, taking Erica's hand and letting her lead him to the exit. They encountered no more opposition on the way out, and found themselves standing with a growing number of observers outside. They dusted themselves off, but they were covered in smoke and bruises, and Erica's dress was riddled with tiny tears. They saw Christian and Mao approaching, a battalion of watch on their heels. Jenner had the writ out before they were anywhere close, smile on his face. Once the captain read it over, he asked Jenner what happened, and he explained, then let the watch go in and do their thing. The roof was on fire, and most of the inside was ablaze. The king's watch employed not one, but three Majir, two of which were skilled at putting out fires. Within a few minutes, the worst of it was out, and the watch was cleaning out the debris. Jenner let them know that if they found anything out of the ordinary, that it should be brought to the castle, and that they could tell either Michelle or Linus, and they would know what to do with it. The watch had a few questions for each of them, but it was only protocol. Afterward, Erica made her way to Christian and gave him a hug, before her knees started to shake and she felt ill. He helped her to walk and they went into the carriage to rest. Mal joined Jenner in the front, and they headed off towards home. If you're not careful, you're going to get a reputation for burning down buildings, Mal said in a low voice as they rode away. I never thought I'd say this, but I'm actually looking forward to hearing whatever leads the king has for us, Jenner said as they drove home. Inside, Erica told Christian about what happened, her voice shaking. She started trembling. He did not know the words to comfort her, so he just held her, and she cried a little, clinging to him. She told him not to let go, and that he did know how to do. Hello, and thank you for listening to the World of Grey podcast. For any questions about the podcast, or the books in general, email me at podcast at josephporthos.com. My two books, Fallen Throne and Dark Halo, are available for download on the Amazon Kindle store for the low price of $3 a piece. I don't output a ton of updates, but when I do release one, 
you can find it on Facebook at Joseph Porthos or on my website located at josephporthos.com. I hope you enjoyed today's chapter, and I look forward to you tuning in again next time. This is Joseph Porthos, signing off.